the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Let's do some headline news in the first Oh My God moment. Conan O'Brien is signed with TBS to host his late night show. We don't have audio on this, but in the three months that I've been gone from network television to performing live in theaters to doing Twitter, I'm now headed to basic cable. My plan is working perfectly. (laughs) O'Brien spoke in front of himself. Uh, O'Brien also tweeted, the good news is I'll be doing a show on TBS started in November. The bad news is I'll be playing Rudy on all new Cosby show. That's not funny. O'Brien's move makes a surprising end to the uh, late night shuffle, so to speak. Jay Leno has returned to 1135. Basically, O'Brien bowed out and uh, of hosting the Tonight Show and gave it back to Jay Leno. Now he got paid out huge on it. But Fox was widely reported to get Conan, and Fox didn't get him. So the shift to TBS dramatically raises the network's profile. I mean, I'll pay attention. And while I'm paying attention, if they've got a good lineup, I'll stick around. So it's a, it's a calculated risk, but... You know, he got $45 million for leaving NBC, so I, I guess at this point in time, the, the dream job's not that important. Elsewhere in national news, more fallout for Toyota, this time from insurance giant State Farm. Fox News Radio's Jennifer Kiefer reports. State Farm is reportedly demanding that Toyota repay it for cash damage related to unintended acceleration. A mediation attorney tells USA Today that demands for repayment of claims from State Farm and possibly others could end up costing the Japanese automaker anywhere from $20 million to $30 million. Toyota says these kinds of claims are common, but a spokesman had no comment on State Farm's reported demand. Jennifer Kuyper, Fox News Radio. And Wall Street doesn't care. So Toyota could, um, you know, ultimately lose some insurance business. Uh, the insurance company is not going to cover them for the recalls in situations like that. Wall Street doesn't care. Now, it, at its worst, this was a $70 stock back in February and March when the news was, the poop was hitting the fan, so to speak. Since then, it's recovered to 80 Bad news for Toyota. Car runs away. Gas pedal sticks. Family of four. Die. Ah, it goes out on air. It's very public. Stock hits $70 a share. A couple weeks later, United States Congress's grill in Toyota hits $70 a share. Now today it's at $80 a share. Do you see how Wall Street works? We, we manage risk. Elsewhere, West Virginia's governor is calling for a moment of silence later today, one week since the explosion that killed 29 coal miners. Fox News Radio's Rich Johnson reports from Charleston, West Virginia. Federal investigators are expected to arrive at the Upper Big Branch mine today, but they will have to wait before beginning their work. High levels of methane gas once again forced recovery teams out of the mine, with nine bodies still inside. And it will be a long investigation to find the cause of last Monday's explosion, and also a sad week again as more families hold more funerals for their fallen miners. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, as much of a jerk as I am, it is it, it is tragic that young men left this earth before they were their time was due 
uh, it, it's tragic. The, the damage done on families, I hope that each and every one of them had insurance policies in place to make sure that their family was taken care of, even though insurance companies probably not going to insure, you know, minors. Hopefully their families get taken care of and all this because there is a tragedy to 29 young men dying well before their time. Elsewhere, Phil Mickelson, he's in the 2010 Masters Champion. He shot a 16-under par to earn his third green jacket. CBS loved it. The lefty, again, a lot of people pull for Tiger, but a lot of people pull for lefty as well. He made some gutsy shots. He secured a three-stroke lead. Tiger Woods came in, tied for fourth. He didn't win. Five strokes behind Mickelson. This golf fan says there's a lukewarm reaction to Woods' return to Augusta National. A lot of eyes were on Tiger. He came, he, he did very well. However, I would say that the audience was a little cool to him. He got a cordial reception. He didn't get the uh, ovations that Couples or Mickelson or uh, Watson got. Woods came across as a jerk in this tournament. He said a couple weeks ago that he's going to respect the game. He's not going to throw his clubs anymore. He's not going to shout out profanities. And what did he do? He shouted out profanities. So he can't be taken for his word at this point in time. He really, really needs to focus on this if he wants to get back the sponsorships they lost. Now, what was nice was at the end, and I'll I'll admit, I got a little teary-eyed. Phil Mickelson finds his wife, and she's a beautiful woman. He met her at Arizona State. They've got three children together. His son was born a few years ago, basically dead. And uh, her uterus ruptured, and she almost almost bled out to the point that the nurses said, shame, those three kids are going to grow up without a mama. And, And Phil heard that in the delivery room. And it's like, it's a sad story. And then last year she gets breast cancer. He hugs his wife and he starts crying. CBS caught it. They didn't, they didn't totally zoom in on it. They didn't really take advantage of it. But God, after a tough year, I think I'd cry too. Good story. And speaking of breasts, more than a dozen mothers breastfeeding their children outside one restaurant in Maplewood, Minnesota. They say that they want the old country buffet to change their tune about breastfeeding in public. Mothers came to the to what's called a nurse-in. We all know what sit-ins are. They came to a nurse-in after Beth Morton says she was kicked out of the restaurant. If they would have stepped up and say, hey, we screwed up, we wouldn't have had to go this far. I'm not looking for attention. I'm not out to get money. I'm not out for any of that. The whole protest was organized on Facebook. And, you know, the old country buffet... They need to be protested. This is the 21st century. We're talking about putting a baby to the mother's nipple to get food. A breast isn't all that in a bucket of chicken. The only reason we think it's all that in a bucket of chicken in the United States is because we're sexually repressed. The only other country with more sexual repression than us is Ireland, tied back towards Catholic Church. All a breast is, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's fatty tissue that has milk ducts in it with a nipple on the end. I could put a nipple on my belly, and it's basically the same damn thing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we live in the 21st century, that we have a fascination with boobs. And by the way, countries with the highest amount of rape, the United States and Ireland, because we're sexually repressed. We need to get over this silliness. Elsewhere, a New York dog is accused. And for the record, I'm pro-milking breastfeeding in public. It shouldn't offend anyone. It's a beautiful thing. Elsewhere, a New York dog is accused of not liking black people. I can't make this story up. A New York dog accused of not liking black people. Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. 
Jenna the German Shepherd stands accused of being a racist. That's why Andrew Owens says he stabbed the pooch. Mr. Owens, who is black, says the dog always barks at minorities. Jenna's owner says that's just not true, says the dog has plenty of friends, black and Hispanic. Mr. Owens now charged with the felony after he slashed the dog across the face. In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio. Wow, where do I go with this story? A man knifes a dog because he thinks it's a racist dog. I once had a cat that every time I'd sweep the house, I'd pull a broom out, the cat would freak out. You know why? Because I got the cat from a a, a pound. Um, I I saved the the cat's life. You know what happened? The previous owner probably beat the hell out of the cat with a broom. Probably wasn't anti-broom the cat. Probably was just tired of getting beat on with a broom. Anyway, people are ridiculous, and the fact that they're, they're, they're imposing their racial views on animals, it's just ridiculous. And that's the world that we live in, in our headline news. Let's go to a quick call. Let's go to Otis in Oakland. Otis? Yeah, Rob Black. Now, Otis, I could tell by, by both your name and your voice that you probably have some color on your skin. Yes, I do, Rob. I hope the dog don't bite me. <laughs> do you think there's such thing as racist dogs? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I doubt that highly, you know. I don't know what's up with that story, but I don't believe it. Okay. But you do believe in racism. Oh, yeah, it exists. I don't believe in it, but it does exist. You know, the poor people who practice it are so far behind. I pity them, you know. I hear you. I'm a lot more afraid of poor white people than I am poor black people. But I understand. Yeah, they, They're getting left behind with that silly racism stuff, you know. Absolutely. What can I help you with today? Rob, I'm listening that you talk about this mine disaster, and now would be the best time to buy stock. I'm interested, but I'm a private citizen. You know, Joe, no portfolio, no Charles Schwab, no broker. How do I take $500,000 and buy some of this stock and put it in a safe deposit box for my children, my grandchildren? How do I do that? Otis, that's a great question, and what I'll do is I'll answer that. Well, no, I'll answer it right now. I think what you need is a brokerage relationship. You need to contact Schwab or Fidelity and or Vanguard and say, I've got $500,000, and they're going to say, write us a check, $500,000. You're going to write it to them. No, no, you're going to actually write it to yourself. You're going to fund your own account, and at that point in time, um, you have a brokerage relationship, and if you don't want to buy Massey Energy because – they're involved in the death of miners. There's other names like Arch Coal and Patriot Coal and Peabody Energy and Alpha Natural Resources that you can invest in as well. I'm not recommending that you buy one stock from one radio show that you heard on one okay. theme. That would be not a wise idea. And thanks for the call, Otis. All right, Rob. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I'm going to give away the keyword. It's going to have a chance for you to win a Samsung flat panel monitor brought to you from Geeks on Call. You're going to have to go to the webpage, talk910.com. Talk910.com. In about three minutes, I'm going to give you a secret password. You're going to go to talk910.com, and you're going to end the contest by typing in that password plus your information. Ready? Let's go. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 910 a.m. More stimulating talk. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1 800 345 5639. Okie dokie. I'm giving away a 21 inch monitor this Friday, and it's a flat panel monitor. It's cool. 
it's nice. A lot of your video cards now today can power two monitors. So if you have one, you could put another one right next to it. If you've never worked off two monitors, it's all that in a bucket of chicken. Um, Geeks on Call sponsoring this event. Listeners, right now, you're going to go to talk910.com, talk910.com. I'm going to give you a secret password in about 15 seconds. You have to enter it at talk910.com. Password's going to be announced every day at 1115. You get four chances to win. Today's secret password, and for the record, while you're at talk910.com, stick around because next segment, I will interact with you live on the air in the live blog, and that might be fun to pull off. So the keyword, the magic word is... Investment. How do you spell it? You should know. It's investment. Go now to talk910.com and enter the secret keyword for a chance to win a 21-inch monitor. Odds are good. This is a good contest to be entering in. Um, I'd mathematically be uh, playing this one. Odds are good. Talk910.com on a Rob Black page. Now, publishing, $13 million business for Glenn Beck. Radio, $10 million business. Digital, Four million. Now that includes his ad supporter website, plus his insider extreme services. Events that he does, he pulls in three million dollars a year. That's tours, that's performances, that's speaking engagements. Glenn Beck makes two million dollars a year from television. A three-year contract with Fox News that started right before the presidential election. Do I like Glenn Beck's politics? No. Do I dislike Glenn Beck's politics? No. I admire the hell out of him as an entertainer. Let's do the math there. That's 27. That's 32 freaking million dollars a year this guy makes. Now, there's a great story that it's in Forbes magazine. And Forbes magazine to me is like swank. It's not quite as good as Jugs, but it's pretty darn good. So I read it. And Glenn Beck, you know, five and a half hours before he goes on a show, the future of history. He's got this monologue. He sells out a thousand people in New York City at the Nokia Theater. It's crazy, right? New York, home of Broadway. For the record, new. New Broadway show that's going to be fantastic, and I want you to know about it before everyone else. It's The Addams Family. Just starting right now, it's going to be big. Get tickets. I think people will be talking about it. I know. I know. You're saying, Rob, thanks for the tip. So, Glenn Beck's got two bodyguards. I am so jealous. I am so jealous. I want a bodyguard. I want a bodyguard. Beck paces like a comic Hamlet. You know, he's got those big old bug eyes. He actually pays for a cockatoo. He rents $750 a night for events. He he throws every event that he does. He plugs his television. He plugs his radio. He plugs his brand new web subscription service. Insider Extreme, $75 a year for behind the scenes footage. I mean, this guy can multitask and this guy can sell his mother. He's that kind of good. His hyperactivity is wonderful for his business model. He's got 34 full-time staffers. I've got Heidi for about two hours a day. My entourage of people helping me, one, and and intern A, B, C, D, and E, of which I have intern A today, and she's lovely. Does great work. Um, Glenn Beck pulls in $32 million in revenue in the last 12 months. You love him or you hate him. He gets an audience. He repels advertisers. Last year, he lost advertisers. It was a big story. No one cares. Some of his quotes, Beckism, some of the greatest things that he's ever said in his life. He says, quote, this president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who's got a deep-seated hatred for white people or the white culture. 
He said that in 2009. In 2007, he said Al Gore is not going to be rounding up Jews and exterminating them. It's the same tactic, however. The goal is different. The goal is globalization. And you're like, did he really say that? He's talking about exterminating Jews tied towards Al Gore in some way, shape, or form. In 2005, he said on air, I'm thinking about killing Michael Moore. And I'm wondering if I can kill him myself or if I would have to hire somebody to do it. If I said that, I get fired. If he says it, he makes more money. His quote on politics is, I could give a flying crap about the political process. Making money, on the other hand, he says, I'm an entertainment company. So controversy is his coinage. He knows that. He's very, very smart. He's managed to monetize everything that comes out of his mouth. Everything. It's $13 million a year in print. Books plus a 10-issue a year magazine called Fusion. His radio brings in $10 million. Digital is newsletter. An ad-supported glennbeck.com and merchandise swag. He pulls in $4 million a year. Again, I'm an envious as hell. I, this guy could be talking about killing babies, and he's making money off it. I'm like, he's making money off this. Like, big money. His speaking events, $3 million. Television, $2 million. Now, he ties it all together in multimedia incarnations. His Fox News television show pulls in 3 million viewers. Now, uh, his radio show, it's the number three radio show in the nation. It, he actually, get this, he was actually a DJ, and this is amazing. He's the number one radio show tied towards the big bloated human hemorrhoid, Rush Limbaugh. He was a, a, he was a, D, he was a DJ. He spun 70s and 80s music, and somehow he figured out, I could make more money elsewhere in this industry. So what else do I have to throw out there? He was raised in Mount Vernon, Washington, which is just north of Seattle. He received a present from his mother on his eighth birthday, and this is where he's, he's kind of a douche. He, gets a, he tells the story of, on my eighth birthday, I got a record collection of Depression and World War II era radio productions. It was magic. So he imitated the radio voices into a handheld recorder. Two years later, he began, his life began to unravel. His mother was an alcoholic. She died in a boating accident that he now thinks is suicide. So he started drinking, smoking pot. Now, again, he's kind of conservative, right? And you wouldn't think of him as a drinker and a pot smoker. You wouldn't. But he's, he's done great at marketing himself. He blames, he, he joined Alcoholics Anonymous. He credits his wife, Tanya, who he met four years after Alcoholics Anonymous for pulling him out of a deep ditch. He said they chopped, shopped around for a church for Mormons. So he became a Mormon later in his life. Now he's a little fuzzy on his dates, but he remembers he was a fill-in host at WABC in New York. And someone said, hey, let's move you to Tampa. And at Tampa, there was a big story going on about a homeowners association that was getting ready to evict a homeowners association that was getting ready to evict a, a, a family because they built a treehouse in the backyard. He now has 400 radio stations because he, he, he took that platform and really ran with it. He wants 500. This is where I love Glenn Beck. He's, he has 400 radio stations. He wants 500. He sold 3 million books last year. He wants to sell 4 million this year. He has 5 million unique visitors to his website every month, glennbeck.com. He wants 10 million. He's got six books that are bestsellers. And some of them are just, you go, that's just strange. Arguing with idiots. Basically how to you know, stop small minds and be government. A diatribe against unions, healthcare, progressivism, and so on. Then he has a, a case against the out-of-control government, which was his tribute to Thomas Paine. He now has a book about his childhood, but it's fiction. It's written with a fictional character, but it's clearly about his life. Um, he's such a douche, and again, he's a douche that I love. He's one of those lovable douches. Anyone who makes $32 million a year, I love. 
He described a, st- a story, and he basically says, I was given a speech, and then this whole idea downloaded into my head, and I wish I had a, a pencil to write it down. He says, I bet it's safe to say I lose 20% of what goes in my head because I'm currently doing something else, and I can't stop to write it down. It's kind of douche-like. It's like saying, I'm God's gift to marketing material, and some of it's even creeping out of my head. I could do more. I, I find that a little offensive. But he's a Jack Benny. He's a Paul Harvey. He's a Ron Reagan. He's a Bob Hope of media. He wants to be like Walt Disney. He always wants to improve his quality. Rush Limbaugh's radio show, 15.3 million Americans listen to. Sean Hannity, 14.3 million. He only has 9 million average weekly listeners, so he's number three. Again, if you think America cares, just listen, listen, 15.3 million people listen to Rush Limbaugh a week. 14.3 million listen to Sean Hannity. Like, America's got too much time on their hands, in my opinion. But monetizing a mouth. I mean, think about this. Monetizing a mouth. Publishing, 13 million. Radio, 10 million. That's a five-year, $50 million participation deal with Premier Radio. Digital, 4 million. $4 million off a website and a newsletter, online newsletter. $3 million off tours and performances and speaking engagements. $2 million off a three-year contract with Fox News. The man is business. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He, he capitalizes on controversy. I think that's, that's genius. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up next segment, I've got some stock tips for you, but I'm also going to stop by the Talk 910 blog. And I'm going to see what you people are talking about at the Talk 910 blog. Don't disappoint me. Hopefully there's some smart, intelligent conversation going on there. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Oh, my. Um, we ran a contest, and we're going to run a contest all week this week. That At 1115, I'm going to give you a keyword, and I'm only going to give it out once, so I'm not going to repeat it here again. I'm sure some people on the live blog are telling each other what it is, though. So hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. At the live blog, it's talk910.com. And it's an opportunity for you to interact and for you to add color to the show. For instance, I might say one of my favorite websites is mint.com. And someone will type in debdebdeb.mint.com, debdebdeb.mint.com. And you could actually, it kind of helps you, you know, do the show. Um so I'm at the live blog right now, and you know, just just going through a little bit of it, and it's got some interesting comments. I, th- I think it's underperforming where I want it to be. But Char in San Francisco says, "Congratulations to Phil Mickelson. Better luck next time, Tiger." I, I kind of Phil Mickelson. His wife's got breast cancer, and she's fighting, and three kids, and he's one of those golfers who used to be the the greatest golfer never to win a major tournament, and he's been putting together a couple majors since that title's been you know uh, pushed off his back. He's a lefty. Uh, left-handed golfers, they face challenges in the world because most of the coach instructors are right-handed, so it's tough to coach a lefty. Uh, most of the clubs that you can get free as a kid, you know, the hand-me-downs are right-handed clubs. That's starting to change a little bit. So, But he's a true champion. I, I, I dug that he hugged his wife and, and shed a tear. I dug that. Again, eh, he, he, 
I just thought it was a sweet moment in television. And that's the nice thing about sports is sports is a, is a situation where a lot of people can gather and, and something else will come out of it other than just a result. Some, something else will come out of it other than a winner and loser. The wine guy says, it's all about Tiger, not congratulations to the winner, but I, if I was there to win and did not go back home and cry in your mansion. Still love to watch him. Phil's the man. Could not have gone to a better player who's got some morals. Now, we don't know what his morals really are. He's a Mormon, and we assume that what you see is what you get, but we used to assume that about Tiger Woods as well. And again, I stand by the statement of, uh, I don't think athletes are role models. I don't think they're supposed to be. I think they're accidental role models. Uh, but good God, I wish there was a couple days in my life that I can go back and do a do-over on. Uh, so that's that's all I, I hope that people get out of life is that we all have issues. Ron Owens says, and I don't think this is the Ron Owens does a radio show, but he's at the live blog, talk910.com, and he says, Rob, you've got no moral compass, but you should, sure do know how to turn a dime into a dollar. Keep in mind, I do not want you doing what I do. I talk sometimes about three companies, sometimes four companies on, on per show. I've only got 20 to 25 stocks. I don't have 4,000 stocks. I couldn't possibly. So I throw out a lot of ideas for you and I say, here's some, you know, here's what they're doing right. Here's what they're doing wrong. Investing is not about instant gratification. I can throw out a company that gets you 10, 20, 30% returns in a week. I didn't expect that. I could throw out a company that, that loses 10 to 20, 30% of its value in a week. If you're going to invest in anything that I talk about, got to do your own homework but more importantly, you got to understand it takes time and you can only do it if you can have, you know, assets to withstand volatility because the stock market's volatile. Anyway, let's see if there's any other. Wow. Everyone's writing the name. Everyone's writing the secret password code name. And, and the contest is still open. So if you go to talk910.com right now, jump on the blog, you'll see what the secret super password was at uh, 1115 today because everyone's typing and I'm, I'm surprised that people are that kind. If I wanted to win a monitor, I'd be typing in a different word so that people didn't know what the actual word is. But there's four in a row that seem to have got it right. Um, let's see what the other big stories are. Barney talks about Glenn Beck. And I just did a huge thing on Glenn Beck and how he makes $32 million a year. And Barney's also talking about conservative media. He says, from a business perspective, it's pure genius. They have a willing audience who will believe anything they say, no matter how ridiculous it is. If you ever listen to the typical right-wing conservative, they tend to parrot back exactly what they've heard on their local AM conservative radio show. The social effects this the social effects this kind of tailor-made, mostly editorial, non-news-based content has been devastating. The United States has become divided into such an extreme way that's counterproductive, and it creates a quagmire in politics. I'm not saying only right-wing media does this. They both do it. Both have helped divide people who are otherwise moderate citizens with a high degree of common sense, but you got to love that these guys get paid crap loads of money for saying their opinion. I ultimately agree with, with Barney on that, and I'll even give you a different perspective. I don't necessarily think that Fox News is bad. I don't. I think having a news outlet that, it, that leans to the right's great. I think it helps balance MSNBC that clearly leans to the left. I think as citizens, it's up to us to figure out what news is being biased and not. And it's, it's a shame that we used to be a society in the 1950s where, you know, women didn't breastfeed in public, where, you know, guys drank a lot while driving. I mean, we'd have, you know, I remember seeing my dad having, you know, uh, Johnny Walker Scotch on the rocks while driving. Like, we used to live in that society, where we trusted Walter Cronkite and everything that he said was was about right from CBS. Now we don't. I can tell you in news, there's no there's no money in news anymore. 
And because there's no money, you can't pay investigative reporters to go out and, and, and break news. Most of what news is today is associated press releases. It's pathetic. I actually like that Fox has an opinion. Like, for instance, I like opinions. I don't like press releases. Press releases are more inane where you'll see a, a newscaster. And, and again, I see this. I work in news. Today I'm on television. Today at 4 on Channel 4 Cron, where they will read a press release almost word for word. And who releases the press releases? The people that want this newsworthy. So you're, you're getting, a, you're not getting any sort of investigative. Are these facts even right? I mean, I work at a station that will run CNN packages because we don't have the money to go out and, and send a reporter out and, and dig, dig in the dirt. So we fill it with, with CNN. We got to keep on a budget. We can afford X amount of employees. We can afford X amount of reporters. Now, if there's truly a big story, they'll bend over backwards to break it. But the amount of money being spent in news is, is very nominal at best. Anyway, that's it. So uh, the blog's not, not exactly firing up. I'm um, seeing if there's anything else there. There's really, really not. The blog is talk910.com. Hopefully in the coming months, years, it'll actually develop and evolve into something nice. Talk910.com under blog. Let's see, do I have time? Oh, I do not have time. Coming up in the next segment, I've got a stock idea for you. I think it's interesting. It plays into a theme and into a trend. I think it's a good idea. Again, I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy it, but I'm going to get a stock tip coming up for you in about four or five minutes. So stick with us. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating to talk. You're listening to the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. We're running a contest. We're giving away a monitor at the end of the week. You have to have the password, passcode, and you have to go to talk910.com. And under Rob Black, you can sign up for the contest there. People are having some problems um, getting it through, but keep trying. You'll eventually get it through. The error message will go away. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. I was able to sign up for my own contest. Therefore, you can sign up for the contest as well. I'm asking Heidi to do it as well because I'm trying to impress the management. I want to go to them and say, 10 whole people signed up for the contest. And that would be up from seven last week. So I'm all happy about that. Okay, let's talk. I still can't believe Conan O'Brien's going to TBS. Now, a little bit more data on that. He's going to start right after the World Series this year. So a long time. It's going to be a long time from now. It's no time soon. His tweet was hilarious. He says, in three months, I've been gone from network television to Twitter to performing live in theaters, and now I'm headed to basic cable. My plan is working perfectly. So clearly he's making fun of himself that he went from NBC, huge network television, to Twitter, to performing live, you know, going from city to city, schlepping around in a bus. Uh, pretty funny stuff. Now, I was a little surprised to see that George Lopez, George Lopez, he's a comedian, he's got a show on TBS at 12 o'clock, and he gets about 1.2 million viewers, which isn't bad. So Brian's not exactly going to the get-to, uh, which Heidi informs me that the city of San Francisco is going to be showing the Tenderloin as a attractive destination for tourism. 
So according to an article out of New York this week, and I think it was the New York Times or New York Post, the city of San Francisco is going to start highlighting, yes, we've got the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes, we've got the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Yes, we've got the De Young Museum. Yes, we've got great food and restaurants. Yes, we've got the city by the bay. And yes, we've got the Tenderloin, a great place to go if you want to see where poor people are injecting themselves with the drugs and killing themselves. It's a pretty funny idea. You almost can't make that up. And I still don't necessarily know if I believe the Tenderloin is going to become a tourist destination. Um, I can tell you the the Tenderloin, it's it's kind of the ghetto of San Francisco. It's the easiest way of saying it. Castro, fun and exciting, great gay, lesbian, bisexual lifestyle area. Uh, Pacific Heights, wonderful restaurants, great, beautiful homes. Uh, we've got so much. The marina for tourists. The marina's not for we, the locals. Uh, Knob Hill, if you want to be a local and go to a great restaurant. Uh, Heidi, you're telling me this is a true story. Heidi's put on her headphones, and she's walking up to the microphone ever so slowly like a penguin. A little bit, little bit bow-legged you are, Heidi. Uh, that's a lie. I'm not bow-legged. <laughs> you're not walking up to the I'm, microphone. I, I don't get enough nutrients in my life. I'm um, trying to be more like Glenn Beck and sensationalizing everything. <laughs> And just blatantly lying. Blat- I'm a cry. When I saw uh, Phil Mickelson cry about it uh, during the golf tournament, it turned me into... <laughs> Go ahead. That's what you're missing. I know. I need more crying. What? 10% more crying, 13% more nice. So the story I read the other day, I think it was out of the New York Times. Allison's going to... Allison, our intern, she's going to put it up on the live blog or a link to it. But I think um, there might be an, an an undercover plan to maybe gentrify the tenderloin by um, making it, by highlighting it as, as a must-see place. I feel like they're probably going to then start dumping a bunch of money into it and start running off the drug addicts and the pimps and the hoes. Um, so I think they might have ulterior motives. I've driven through the Tenderloin, Heidi, and there's sometimes where you see, like, clearly a prostitute. And you can't tell if it's a man dressed as a woman or if it's a really ugly woman. Yep. Sometimes you see women dressed as men, and you can't quite tell if that's a really weird-looking dude it's 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 eye candy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You you suck it in and you you feel pity, but you do suck it in. Well, and I think there's something about if you're coming from you know a clean white suburban land, yeah. um, visiting the seedy underbelly of a city. You know, it's the tenderloin. It's the it's the dirty dark part that you don't usually get to see if you live in really clean suburbs. Um, so there's something, you know, where you feel like, oh, I've been to a real city now. I've seen the gritty side of things. You know, there might be something appealing to tourists in oh, that sense. What's the word gentrification mean to you? You brought it up. You really want to know? Yeah, I, 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 I've got my definition. I can give you a great example. But Turn it white. Hear. Turn it white. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of funny because... Basically, I mean, gentrification it literally doesn't mean that, but yeah. that's what happens. It, you know? Well, okay. And again, it's Another form of gentrification could be the Castro, that ultimately we started sending the gays and lesbians and the artsy side of the city over to Oakland to live because we brought a lot of big money in and, and moved into the neighborhood, so to speak. Right. And the, the Castro wasn't always as clean and beautiful and cute as it is, right? It started Absolutely. out dirty and gritty, and that's where the people that were unaccepted in society, they got pushed to the Castro. But we lose and- a lot of our culture. We lose a lot of our uniqueness in this. Yes, absolutely. So, and that's, um, rent control is a bad thing because it keeps the culture there. But then when you start, you know, uh, jacking up real estate prices, you push a lot of culture out, so to speak. I can give a great example. And thanks for joining me, Heidi. Heidi, 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 um, I don't remember her last name. Heidi, the producer. There you go. Yay. Um, a great story on gentrification is New York City. Back in the 70s and early 80s, New York was a was a was just a, a crap hole. It was horrific. 
Um, and a good example of gentrification is as the economy continued to improve and improve and improve and improve, slowly but surely property taxes went up. And as property taxes went up on, on buildings, you started pushing the poor people out because they, they could afford to live there with rent control, but the property taxes they couldn't quite do. So owners started saying, I'm going to sell this place because it's gone up four, five, six, seven times in value in New York, and they sold it. So there's a city, there's a part of New York called Hell's Kitchen that it used to be rough and tumble, brutal, brutal area to go into. I didn't go in there fearing that I'd be sodomized. Like, I was scared to go into Hell's Kitchen. And now today, it, it's beautiful and lovely, and there's trees, and there's happy people whistling, and there, there's there's BMWs and, and Audis parked on the street. So Hell's Kitchen... Excellent example. And New York City, excellent example of gentrification where you push poor people to the suburbs. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't have an answer because I, I don't have all the answers, but it is what it is. How do you want it to say one more thing? Maybe she put her headphones on yet again for the third time. Just quickly. Um, so Allison does have that link up on the live blog. So if you're interested in the story, uh, it's from, I think, yesterday's New York Times. It's up there. Check that's it out. It's interesting. I usually read the New York Times, but not this weekend. Thanks for that. Allison, intern A, very talented. She has fingers and can type. Uh, let's do a quick um, stock story, shall we? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, I'm not a big fan of vitamins. I tend to think that Americans take vitamins instead of eating healthy. I tend to think that Americans take vitamins because they think that it's going to work for them. Shortcut, cheap way. Instead of, uh, if you need vitamin B, instead of, you know, getting it from wherever sources of vitamin B may lie, you say, I'm just going to pop a pill. And I think I think it creates a lot of imbalances in your body. But I, I don't, I, I notice that you pee out most of the vitamin. You know, there's no actual scientific proof that vitamins can be absorbed and used in a, in a healthy manner. No scientific proof of it at this point in time. So it's just a medical claim based on the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Uh, with that said... Let's play into the investment angle on this. There's a company called Herbalife, and it's a weight loss supplement, or is it a way of life? Herbalife. It's formerly known as WH Holdings out of the Cayman Islands, and they operate Herbalife International, which manufactures and distributes weight control products, including meal replacements, snacks, and enhancers. It also has nutritional supplements, energy drinks, and skincare products. Uh, the company has international subsidies in 70 countries. Herbalife's multi-level marketing program involves more than 1.9 million independent distributors. And I don't want you to be a multi-level marketer, but if you can invest in them, I'm not so against it. Now, again, I own no Herbalife. I'm not going to buy any Herbalife. This is an interesting topic. Price target was moved to 54 bucks from $46. And if you take a look at the stock on this baby, it's been a winner. It's been a winner going from 18 bucks to $45 in the last year. So you're chasing performance. One of the things I say is don't chase performance. But this could go on your list of, well, that's kind of intriguing. That's kind of interesting. Um, U.S. companies, foreign markets, simply offer a way to broaden sales. So Herbalife, it's a, a Los Angeles-based company. Uh, they're looking at, you know, Mexico is rejuvenated. They're looking at opportunities outside the United States. The system works well for distributors who've been around for a while and grandfathered generations of Herbalife hawkers. It works well for Herbalife. It's got 2 million sales agents who are not on payroll. So these guys go, you know, basically pushing the crappy product. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, the nutritional product on people who are like, hey, if I drink a Herbalife milkshake, I'll lose weight. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, absolutely. Give me money and I'll give you the the, the, the secret ingredients. So that includes snake oil. So the distributors knock on doors. They, they hawk their wares. 
Uh, in Mexico, a new idea took off. Distributors began to use their homes or uh, rent commercial space, calling them clubs to host their customers. Instead of investing mucho pesos in a long-term supply of Herbalife products, a customer can simply pop in their head over lunch to down a single $3 shake. So the business model's kind of changed in different ways. So, and again, these nutrition clubs, like, I, I guess I could probably buy a cart, become a Herbalife distributor, and I could bicycle around the city of San Francisco and stop in, in places and, and, and hawk a $3, you know, uh, $4 milkshake with protein in it, right? So companies trading about 10 and a half times 2010 earnings. So it makes it, you know, pretty cheap. And again, it's just a weird story. I wanted to get it out there for you because I think we can learn business models. I think we can learn a lot about it. And ticker symbol for Herbalife is HLF. And I don't know if it's Herbalife or Herbalife because I don't use herbs. I use herbs because it makes me more exotic and women who think I'm exotic they tend to think exotic equals erotic, and well, shall we say, I use herbs. Anyway, I've um, got an email. It says, my wife and I are looking to cut debt, and I'm interested in comparing the amounts we spend on mortgage, food, diapers, and so on, and how, you know, considered least average for homeowners. Like, he wants to know how he's doing against other people. How's my budget on my restaurant compared to others? I'm looking for places where I can cut expenses so I can pay off debt faster. And you can do this great. You can look at how much people spend at U.S. No, no, it's at census.gov. Census.gov is an incredibly powerful tool for investors. It's incredibly powerful. Like, if you see the Latin population, and is that, I don't even know if that's the right word to use anymore. If it's Latin, if it's, if it's um, Spanish or Hispanic or uh, Mexican, I, I don't know what the right term is. But, uh, you can go to census.gov and I'll say, hey, it's the Hispanic community is growing at 13.3%, whereas the Caucasian community is growing at 1.2%. So you can figure out, if you can figure out a business that's pushing into the Hispanic population, you could be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Or what would Hispanic chicken be? Um, winner, winner, polo dinner. Winner, winner, polo dinner. Um, the categories are fairly broad. So you're not going to find things like diapers at census.gov. But you'll see what the average people pay for housing, for food, for transportation, for clothing, for insurance. And it helps you, you know, slice your data on income via different metropolitan areas and by children. So you may find the information more interesting than helpful, though. But you could also, you know, every family situation is different. You know, a couple with little debt and no children, for example, can comfortably afford a bigger mortgage payment. Whereas, you know, a better way to manage your spending, in my opinion, is to use what's called the 50-30-20 plan. And this was developed by Harvard bankruptcy professor who outlined in her book, it's a book called All Your Worth. It includes shelter, food, transportation, utilities, child care, insurance, and minimum loan payments. So that leaves 30% for wants. You want clothing and entertainment, gifts and vacation. 20% for savings and debt payments. But 50% of your after-tax money goes for shelter, food, transportation, utilities, child care, insurance, and, and loan payments. That's... 50% of your money has to go for those. Those, 30% into clothing, entertainment, gifts, and vacation. 20% for saving and debt payments. It's not a bad plan. It helps people figure it out mathematically. Tomorrow, going to give away another opportunity to win a 21-inch Samsung flat panel monitor from Geeks on Call. Again, if your computer breaks down, you have any issue, want to back up some stuff, want to start a new server project, get in touch with Geeks on Call. I do appreciate the sponsorship of the show. It's the Rob Black Show. I'll be back in 22 hours. I love you. 
it's black. So if you want me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.